0: It said I have a lot of memoirs that I can speak about Prabhupada 1966 but I'll start with one in 1976 <coughs> 1976 the Radha Damodar party headed by Tamal Krishna Maharaj had several used Greyhound buses filled with fired up brahmacharis and they were touring the United States distributing incense in books in astounding numbers. They were trying to be number one and beat Jaitirtha in California. Each bus was led by a sannyasi And when they stopped in the temples, mm-hmm. they started saying that the temple presidents, who were mostly grihastas, were not competent to take care of the brahmacharis in their temple. And that the brahmacharis should join the bus under the sannyasis. And so some of the brahmacharis left and joined the Radha party. And this caused great dissension in the movement, and of caused the kind of split. And it came to a head in Mayapur at the annual meeting. And there was a meeting in Prabhupada's room where Tamal Krishna Maharaj was present and a few sannyasis and a lot of temple presidents. And I was there and jayadwaita Maharaj was there. I remember I spoke to Prabhupada explaining what Tamal Krishna Maharaj was doing and he spoke defending himself and then Prabhupada was silent and then he spoke a verse which was the Mahavakya verse that decided the whole matter. He said Kiba Bipra nāsi Sudra nai A Krishna Tattva Vit say Guru Hai. One may be a Brahmana or a Sannyasi or a Sudra. It doesn't matter. If he knows the science of Krishna, he is a guru. So the sannyasis may preach and the grihastas may preach. There's no discrimination. So the whole elite conception was smashed and there was great relief felt on the campus. I remember the next day on the morning walk, that relief was palpable and a lot of temple presidents were present and Prabhupada was present and some sannyasis were present And Panchatravita made a joke at the Grihastha's expense. And Prabhupada turned to him and said, you could not get a girl and therefore you had to take sannyas. No girl would have you. And everybody laughed at Panchatravita's expense, which he loved. And then the events that happened after that are history with Tamal Krishna Maharaj going to China. But that was Prabhupada acting very decisively. Would anyone else like to add to that memory?
1: Yeah, in that meeting, Prabhupada was hearing both sides, and Prabhupada... At one point he agreed with Krishna. He said, yes, it's better if all the temple presidents are sannyasis. Yes, sannyasis should be brahmacharis and they're renounced and so on. Prabhupada said, yes, it's better if all the temple presidents are sannyasis. Then a little time passed and Prabhupada said, actually none of the temple presidents should be sannyasis. (laughs) (laughs) He said, sannyasi means he should have a cool brain for philosophy. So he shouldn't be involved in management. All the temple presidents should be sitting as. <laughs> <laughs> should be <laughs> as,
2: as one of the uh, temple presidents
0: <laughs> 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 at that time,
2: I mean, Tamal Krishna was a very good friend of mine. Uh, uh, when the Radha Dhammarar bus broke down in Philadelphia and they stayed for a month, I had learned so much from him. It was wonderful. <coughs> But then he was preaching, or his people were preaching, that I shouldn't be in charge. They actually had a philosophy that the temple, Garhasa temple presidents are like Prajapati Daksha, (laughs) who are raising the brahmacharis to become entangled householders, whereas the Radha Damodar party is like Muni, who's (laughs) coming to to save them. So, I actually I had a a letter to send to Prabhupada Um, I got writing about asking him whether I should just let me know if I should be a a temple president or not if you say I shouldn't be I'll do it but I want to hear from you I got signatures from all these temple presidents in North America in fact I gave it to you (laughs) you did (laughs) because the GBC was meeting early to take but, Tamal Krishna managed to keep that letter from surfacing. He <laughs> <laughs> out of it. <laughs> he did, didn't he? What a politician!
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so then, when we came, when we came, when the temple presidents arrived later, uh, and they read to us the GBC resolutions, you know, that's when. Uh, All hell broke loose, you know, because all of a sudden, you know, Rupanuga was going to Australia. Because one of the plans was, at one time, the idea was floated that all the women should be sent to Australia, (laughs) (laughs) and of course those attached men who are attached to them will also go, that's called, the system of sending people to Australia is called transportation, (laughs) (laughs) which a lot of Irish (laughs) in Chris up Chris
3: up <laughs> <in college. laughs> well, the Australian devotees were so insulted. <laughs> they were insulted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but uh, so, so so you know so the temple presidents you know we, we heard that these resolutions where you know Samuel Christian was basically in charge of everything. We started to talk to each other and then we had some meetings. And people started to exchange stories of what happened when Radha came. Because <laughs> st- what was really happening is the Radha party Party uh, was was at first going around and doing programs on college campuses and making devotees that way, but it didn't work out. A- and the only way they could make devotees was to take them from the temples. <laughs> and that's what they were really doing, they were stealing your brahmacharis. <laughs> Uh, 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 and uh, so you know you have a person that you're trained to become brahmacharis and everything and all of a sudden they're gone you know? so that was the, the issue was a, a thi- thing like that you know so we started telling stories they did that to your temple listen know what they did to my temple you know? <laughs> and the meetings got heated And then Tamal came and said to us, you should stop those meetings, you know, they're giving Prabhupada a headache, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And and they they went to Prabhupada to get him to stop the meeting, and he wouldn't do it. That was a very interesting thing, you know. He wouldn't stop, he didn't stop the meetings. So we kept having the meetings, and they kept... And then, you know, when Prabhupada would go on his morning walk, then there was, like, difference... it, it was like Macbeth, uh, you know, whether the forest, the, this Dunda forest is moving with Prabhupada. <laughs> <Dunda forest>.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I think that conversation was, uh, I did hear that one conversation took in a more, uh, uh, Prabhupada, if, if, with this, this uh, at least the way I've heard it, this quotation, the, the, the decisive quotation was on the morning walk. Prabhupada, if somebody wants to get initiated, and, and uh, so one spiritual master is a grahasta and the other spiritual master is a sannyasi, shouldn't it better to take initiation from the one who is more renounced? And that's when Prabhupada replied, kibagripa you nasi. Know. <laughs> and, and when we heard that, we knew something, you know, wasn't <laughs> something was going going to happen like that. So uh, there was very interesting to see how Prabhupada dealt with this. You know, he let it boil up and kind of boil <laughs> up and kind of boil up. It was very far out. You know, that's. Um, but
1: he did that in New York too with the uh, Toyota era. Oh yeah, that's right. He, let it boil up.
2: <laughs> he just he let it come up and then, like bam, it ended it. And Shrikrupa Maharaj said he was Prabhupada, uh, Prabhupada's room, and after he had made his decision. Was going to send Tamal to tri- China because Tamal, we Tamal, Krishna and I talked about it later, you know, after it was all over. And he told me that, you know, that that Tamal Krishna said, you know, Prabhupada, because Prabhupada was on Tamal's case. Why have you, you know, done this thing? And oh, Prabhupada, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I guess I should just go to China. And then Prabhupada said, That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that Tamal was the first one to mention it as, you know, mission impossible, you know, that'll never happen. That's why he told me that Prabhupada said, that's what you should do. And Tamar went into a state of shock. Because we couldn't figure out how Prabhupada would solve this, you know. But he knew exactly, you know, what to do. (laughs) And, 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 you know, I mean, look at how our movement's going on in China now. You know, that that was the start of it. It was really, you know, but, you know, his, Tamal Krishna's nickname was Turmoil Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> so that was what he did, you know. And we, uh, t- and t- just t- a little more, Tamal, we met a little later on afterwards. because he was like always my friend, I, I always admired him. He said, I can't understand, he said, why you turned against me. You know, when I came to the temple, we had a, I said, yeah, you, I learned so much from you. A- a- and, you know, I would have... I, I Here I was a temple president, and if any time you told me I shouldn't be a temple president because I was a householder, I would have listened to you. But you never said anything. And then suddenly you say, you know, I'm not fit to be a temple president. So I didn't understand. And Tomorrow Krishna was standing, we were talking, and he just like... And sat down on the floor like that, like he had just hadn't occurred to him how it had looked from the other side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyway. so I mean that was a really a classic case of Prabhupada handling something like re- nobody could figure out what he was going to do, and then when he did it, it was so decisive and it ended the problem and was productive something really in, in, in the future far
4: out.
0: This is from a book I wrote with Srila Prabhupada in the early days. I happen to be in these memoirs, but mostly as the foolish disciple, so don't mind. Before too long, Prabhupada had me appreciating his authoritative presentation of the paramparā. Once I became exasperated when Prabhupada said that Krishna had married 16,000 wives. I am trying in good faith to understand Krishna, I said to him. And I am trying to understand his teachings of the Gita. But how do you expect me to understand when you say he married 16,000 wives? Prabhupada answered back, You do not understand. Even the greatest scholars cannot understand. And then he fully explained how Krishna's marrying 16,000 wives was neither mystical, mythical, nor an example of material lust. He explained that Krishna is in the heart of all living beings the innumerable living beings so if he comes out of the heart of a mere sixteen thousand and marries them what's the problem for Krishna another time after one of his lunches I went to Prabhupada in his back room There I sat next to some of the other devotees. While sitting, I assumed a cross-legged pose of yogic meditation. Unlike some of the others, I had never done any discipline, meditation or yoga asanas. But somehow, just as if to expose my foolishness, in Prabhupada's presence, I sat in this pose. He looked at me as though I was emanating a bad odor. (laughs) And I at once felt exposed in his... In my absurd yoga pose. I understand that I didn't know anything about yoga. He could expose this kind of foolishness with just a glance. Prabhupada satisfied my intellectual hunger with his philosophical presentation. By that time I had become, like many intellectuals, eclectic. I had been inclined to read about spiritual things. I read translations of the Bhagavad Gita and Upanishads. I even read novels that were spiritually oriented like Hermann Hesse's Magister Ludi, The Bead Game, which is a fictional account of living with a guru in an ashram. I had thought that book wonderful, but I remained eclectic. I assumed Prabhupada was an eclectic teacher. The first night I heard him speak on Bhagavad Gita, I thought, I wonder what he will teach next week.
2: (laughs) I asked
0: Ray Rama Do you think Swamiji will speak next week on the Tibetan Book of the Dead? (laughs) Ray Rama said No, Swamiji says it's all in the Bhagavad Gita I was surprised when Srila Prabhupada powerfully asserted what no one else did There is an absolute truth and you don't have to search for him in different places You can learn everything from Bhagavad-gita. I accepted this presentation. Before meeting Srila Prabhupada, I never imagined I would be able to accept one philosophy, but I gave up my different ideas one after another and I came to trust him. Although I was 25, I began to approach him more like a small child approaching his father. giving occasional donations to Prabhupada from my bank account, sometimes as much as $20 or $30. One day I decided to withdraw the entire balance, about $400, and present the sum to Prabhupada. It was a big surrender for me. I went into his room and walked up to his desk, shyly. Uttering that it was my entire savings, I presented my money to him. When Prabhupada saw how much it was, he smiled with delight. I figured my donation could very well have represented next month's rent, or the devotee's daily maintenance for food, since as far as I knew, Prabhupada had almost no income at all. Don is also giving us money, Prabhupada said, smiling. I had squatted down beside him to give him the money, and then I stood up and walked a few steps from his desk to the other side of the room. By the time I sat down and looked at him again, his face had completely changed. He was like a different person. No longer was he brilliantly smiling, gratefully receiving the money, but suddenly he was stern, seeming to penetrate me with his glance that look banished my self-satisfaction at being the magnanimous donor and patron and reduced me to whatever honesty i possessed although he did not speak it was as if he had clearly said it is not very wonderful that you have given me a little money you still have to surrender to krishna Bit by bit I got a chance to express different doubts and make inquiries that were personally important to me. One evening I asked the Prabhupada, there are different writers like Nietzsche and others who have actually misled people. Now I can understand they have terribly misled people. Their evocations are powerful and they try to be honest but they express a miserable point of view. Do they have any God consciousness? Prabhupada said, their sincerity is their God consciousness. What he said was important to me. If he had said, oh, they're rascals, they're fools, they're completely worthless, they're just going to hell, that would have been hard for me to take because of my attachment. Instead, he expertly weaned me away from them by giving them credit, although they remained in darkness and were pitiable persons. Prabhupada explained that at least they were trying to look for the truth. They weren't trying to enjoy anything. Still, they were ignorant, addicted to mental speculation. In this way, I was able to make the inevitable break from thinkers who had greatly influenced me and at the same time I retained compassionate regard for their lives of dedication. I'll read just one more. I don't want to take up so much time. As I became attracted to the activities of Srila Prabhupada and his followers, I began to resent the time I was spending at my job, which kept me away from Prabhupada's association for eight hours a day. The other boys who had no jobs could see him all day, so they would sit around him in his clean, sunny apartment while he talked about Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He was asking him to help him spread love of Krishna, and together they were making plans. Although I was already pledging all of my money to Prabhupada to run the temple and apartment, I began to feel I was missing out. I decided I could no longer keep my job. I wanted to join Prabhupada and renounce the material world with its birth, death, disease, and old age. I decided it would be a further commitment on my part to resign from my work and live as a full-time disciple like the others. Without consulting Prabhupada or anyone else, I obtained an official resignation form, filled it out, and handed it to my supervisor, Mr. Rice. I gave the welfare department two weeks' notice and stated my reason for resigning to study the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita with my guru. Young people were regularly resigning from the welfare office, so my resignation did not create a commotion, although my unusual reason did raise some eyebrows. During my lunch hour, I ran to Prabhupada, He was seated on his mat behind his small desk, and the boys were gathered around him, asking questions and listening. "'I quit my job,' I told him. "'Oh, why is that? You are offering such nice service.' He seemed disappointed in me. "'But I want to come daily and be part of the camp. I want to learn Krishna consciousness.' Seeing my predicament, the boy's presence said they would take jobs and let me spend more time listening to Prabhupada. They suggested taking a job and alternating it with each other. Prabhupada told me a story. There was once a faithful wife who had an ugly husband with a morose disposition. One day his wife asked, Why are you morose? I do anything you want and still you feel morose. Why is that? I wish to have sex with a certain prostitute, he admitted, but she cost $1,000 just for one knot and I cannot afford her. The faithful wife said to her ugly husband, Don't worry, I shall arrange it. She immediately went to the prostitute's house and began personally attending her, cleaning her room and performing other services. When the prostitute came home and noticed her activity, she asked, Why are you working here? The woman said, my my husband desires to enjoy you and I hope you will take my services as payment so that I spend one night with you. The prostitute laughed. Don't you realize that I cost over $1,000 a night? How can you ever raise that much money? So in addition to serving the prostitute, the wife herself turned to prostitution and eventually raised the required amount of money. She turned to her husband and said, ''All right, you can go to that prostitute now.'' And he gladly went at once. Prabhupada stopped and said that although people could criticize the wife as crazy and immoral, nevertheless she was unquestionably faithful to her husband and tried her best to fulfill his desires. Prabhupada didn't have to say more. I got the idea that although I did not think it was spiritually beneficial to work at the welfare office with people whose association was abominable and boring and kept me away from him all day, he thought that by contributing the earnings from my job, I was rendering the best possible service. It was a service he required for me. I should do it, and that would please Prabhupada. I reported back to my office and reassured my supervisor that I had changed my mind and did not want to resign. That afternoon, visiting clients on my job, I walked through the streets in the bliss of responsibility. I felt deeply entrusted with the duty from my father, my spiritual master, and I was convinced that to discharge it faithfully was my eternal duty. From then on, I worked at my civil service job with a sense of eternal life because it was God's work as confirmed by my spiritual master. (laughs)
1: Shaitanamanopis, thumbs, papitam, jane, brutale. I am Ubukadan, I am Namam Vishnupadaya, Krishna Prishtaiabutale, Bhutale Mate Bhakti Danta Shamini T Namaste, Sarasati Deve, Goldavani Pracharane, Nirvishesh Shunyavadi Pashto Tote Shri Krishna, Chaitanya, Prabhu, Nidha, Nanda, Shri Advetta, Gadadhar, Shiva, Shri Gold, Bhaktaranda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hari. Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Rama Rama Hari Hare. I'll tell two stories from Boston. One is that, I think this is Boston, Prabhupada would come to a city and arrive at the airport and we would have a big reception for him uh, so many devotees would come and we'd bring cartels and radangas and uh, conch shells to blow and uh, flower petals and some places they brought yogurt and, and, and you know, all sorts of stuff we were a, a, an airport manager's nightmare but we would give a nice reception for Prabhupada and on this particular, Sometimes I remember that we'd be all by the door and then chanting and dancing with the expectation probably Prabhupada come out a different door. But that wasn't this time. Prabhupada came and everybody, the devotees had come from different centers and everybody was just jumping up and down in ecstasy. And Satsurup was little in, in the back and I was also a little in the back. Satsurup said, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. Then another time, this was definitely Boston. It was Prabhupada's disa- uh, the disappearance day of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And Prabhupada was present in Boston. And, you know, I was thinking what what will happen and what will Prabhupada do and there was a little ceremony uh, we didn't have I remember it as being little I don't know why but anyway there was a ceremony offering flowers and, and so on and Srila Prabhupada cooked some there was a feast cook Prabhupada cooked some dal which his Guru Mahārāj had was was a favorite preparation of his Guru Mahārāj. And Prabhupada offered flowers and did everything. And there was no show. You know, I'd expected you know something. And Prabhupada just did those things and that was the program. Another time there was a morning walk, there was a disciple, Krishnadas who was an early disciple and who, because of, as I recall, difficulty with the American draft board during the Vietnam War days, had gone to Germany, escaping the, the draft. And he he was a young boy. I mean, he was very young. maybe So maybe it wasn't a draft question, but I think it was. He was just a young boy. And he'd gone alone to Germany and started the first temple in Hamburg or someplace, Hamburg. Yeah. And he, after some, some time, year, years later, he left the Association of Devotees. Although he was quite a, a favorite of, of Prabhupada's. Prabhupada gave him a lot of mercy, but somehow he, he left. And then some years still later, we were in San Francisco and Krishnanasa started coming around again. And he was working as a jeweler and he made Prabhupada that ring maybe you've seen that said Krishna on it. And he was coming around. So he came on this morning walk. And there were different topics discussed. And toward the end of the walk, Prabhupada was talking about separation. And the the feeling of... of Separation that one feels. And as the walk was ending and Prabhupada was getting into his car, Krishnadas asked Srila Prabhupada, You must always be feeling separation from your Guru Maharaj. Sort of soliciting a discussion or probing a little bit. Prabhupada said, That you do not require which is um, Indian speak or Prabhupada's way of saying none of your business buddy <laughs> that you do not require and then Prabhupada got in his car and, and, and left your misunderstanding about the and quiet. oh yeah this was another event when I first just after I was initiated, the day after, um, I came to be to serve as as Srila Prabhupada's assistant servant. The Dasi and Gorsundar, a married couple, were serving Srila Prabhupada. But Dasi was kind of frail and, and sickly. She was cooking, and it was like a little much for her. She was getting overwhelmed. So they wanted someone else to come and, and help. And there was some discussion one Godbrother Devananda, who's little more experienced, that he could come. He was a good cook. And Satsuru Maharaj said, well, this new boy could come, meaning me. And I never cooked anything in my life.
5: <laughs>
1: and they said, well, finally it was settled up that, okay, Jai Dwayta can go for the first two weeks and Devananda can go for the second two weeks. And if Jai Dwayta messes up, then De- Devananda can come earlier. So that was settled up and I went to Boston I think literally the day after I was initiated because Prabhupada went to Boston. He left New York for Boston. And so I would go to Prabhupada's house. Prabhupada had a little house near the temple on a street called Chester Street which Prabhupada called Hare Krishna Street. And I would go there in in the morning and I would help cook and do other things and one time I don't know if it was you Maharaj, or someone who gave me these little books was it you? Okay. But anyway I was given these little books from Gita Press uh, uh, Gita Press Gorakhpur, which publishes Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. Hanuman Prasad Podar He's, uh, Prabhupada met him later and uh, Prabhupada actually said he is a Mayavadi but he is a good gentleman mm. and he worships the Radha Krishna deity, so he cannot remain Mayavani. But anyway, he'd written s- some little booklets. One of them was called Gopi's Beloved, and the other was something else. And somehow they'd come to the temple, these little books, little booklets. So someone gave them to me and asked me to ask Srila Prabhupada if it was okay to read them. <laughs> Uh, We were very chaste back then. We wouldn't read something unless Prabhupada approved. So I brought them to Srila Prabhupada and asked Srila Prabhupada, "Uh, Prabhupada, is it okay to read them? Prabhupada said, it is not required. (laughs) So to my way of thinking, that didn't answer the question. Because, you know, I grew up in America, and you go to school, and there's required subjects and, and elective subjects, and Prabhupada said, it's not required. But the question was, is it okay to read them? So I repeated the, the question, and Prabhupada repeated the answer. After about the third time, I got it that if it's not required, then why do it? In other words, No. <laughs> It is not required. (laughs) But I suppose the theme running behind those other stories is that it's not just service to the spiritual master is not a matter of an emotional show. Uh, One time commenting on kirtan and devotees who come and right away they're they're jumping up and down, they're dancing and, and they're crying and Prabhupada commented, first to cry first to dry <laughs> you know, or as he put it another time if today you come on sentiment, tomorrow you will leave on sentiment there was that incident, I'll, I'll tell the story, there was a boy who was coming and uh, Eddie, his name was, he was a hairdresser by profession and he was from Connecticut or Rhode Island or one of those, some such place and he came, he was attracted and he came to the Boston temple uh, when Prabhupada was there to hear Prabhupada speak and when Prabhupada would leave the temple, he would be there to put on Prabhupada's shoes. Prabhupada said, oh, you are so nice. And after a couple of days, he went on the morning walks also. He asked Prabhupada uh, on the on the walk, I think, if he could be initiated. And Prabhupada said, first you should understand the philosophy. First you should understand the philosophy. You stay and practice and attend the classes. And then he made that comment that if today you come on sentiment, tomorrow you will leave on sentiment which is what he did in fact so the one quality of of Srila Prabhupada's that I found so impressive was that he did what he was supposed to do he had I'll illustrate that by another story Prabhupada did an initiation at 61 second Avenue our second temple in New York and you may have seen the Initiation big initiation a lot of new devotees and wonderful ecstatic scene and then Prabhupada was Left the temple and was walking back to 26 second Avenue where he still had his apartment in the back we'd left the temple to get a larger one, but his apartment was still there. So Prabhupada was walking back to his apartment and there's a photograph of that. You may have seen, it's sort of a uh, typical grungy second avenue scene and all ecstatic devotees are chanting and dancing around Prabhupada. Maybe some of them didn't have shoes even, but chanting and dancing. And Prabhupada just was walking he said, we have increased the disciplic succession from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. You know, grave. Uh, everybody's just in ecstasy, but Prabhupada, we've increased the disciplic succession from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We have a duty to perform. My spiritual master gave me some work. My spiritual master gave me some mission. And it's my duty. And Shri Prabhupada did that. He—it wasn't for ecstasy. It wasn't for fun. It wasn't for what you'd most like to do in your old age. It wasn't for the thrill of travel in, in your seventies. It was because he had a duty. And. You may feel like doing it, you may not feel like doing it. Probably gave the example in in summer, what wife feels like going into the kitchen and cooking. Especially in India where it's like hot and the stove is hot and the the room is hot and everything's hot and cooking is not really a lot of fun. But uh, the wife goes and and cooks as, as, as a matter of duty. Or you can say that that's a matter of love. Love is not just, you know, little cards with hearts on them and and poetical expressions. But it's dedication that it may be summer, it may be hot, but I'll cook for you. It's practical activity in the service of the husband or or Krishna or, or the spiritual master. And Prabhupada taught us that example. One time when the press was in Boston, Iskand Press, we were those in the book, in those days, we were just sort of getting started and we were publishing the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. And Prabhupada had us do it chapter-wise. I think, you know, waiting for us to do a volume and space out through the process was not to his liking. So he said, you, you finish one chapter, it means edit it and typeset it and do all the other things that you had to do back in those days, and then print it. And then when you've done all ten chapters, then bind them together and make the complete book, which is what we did. So we were coming out with those little chapter volumes. And the big festival in those days in America was the San Francisco Ratha That was the only rati in North America, I think, at the time, or the only one of any real substance. I think it may have been the only one. And it was really big. It was huge. And Prabhupada would be there riding on the cart, and so many devotees would come from every direction. So our press manager, Radha Balava, I think at the time, conceived the idea that the press workers would jump in a van, speed across the country, it takes, I think, three days to get across the country, driving day and night, speed across the country, and be there for the ratyatra with Shiva Prabhupada. And then we would jump in the van and speed back. We were accustomed to doing sort of military maneuvers. Prabhupada told us that even the devotees working on the press should go out and chant on the Harinam party, whereas Ram, Ram where just came. Prabhupada told us that the, even the members of the press who were doing what was supposed to be the most important service should go out at least one hour a day with the Kirtan party. We should go out at least an hour a day with the Kirtan party. And we found in practical experience that going out that hour a day didn't subtract from our time, it added to our time. We were so much more productive. But we would time it exactly, that we would jump in the van at such and such time, we would go out and do our hour on mm, Boston Common, we would jump in the van and we would be back. So this was an extension of the same idea, that we would jump in the van, we'd make it out to San Francisco, we'd be in Srila Prabhupada's Transcendental Association and then we would jump in the van and be back back in San Francisco in in Boston so this came to Srila Prabhupada's attention and Prabhupada said what do they want to do that for they should stay and do their service they should stay and do their service it wasn't Everything is approved in the pursuit of ecstasy or in the pursuit of the personal association of the spiritual master. But what matters is your service. And that's your connection with your spiritual master. The Prabhupada said physical presence may or may not be there, but we're connected by sound, by instruction. And that instruction is not also just theoretical. I'm adding something. That instruction is not just theoretical; it's practical. It instructs you. I want you to do A. I want you to do B. It's not just that you you listen to the sound, but you act on the sound. Like Krishna says, uh, "You know, I want you to fight." Now, at the end, what are you going to do? He's like, "Yes, I'll fight." That means surrender. So, practical activity in in Krishna's service or in the spiritual master's service is what Srila Prabhupada considered to be an actual demonstration of love.
2: I heard a story once that, that, uh, that, that when Prabhupada was uh, traveling through America, same devotees were going from place to place with him, and he kept seeing the same faces every single day, and he said to them, don't you have any service? <laughs> 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 no, I, I haven't, but it's, it
1: sounds quite typical, quite characteristic. I think I'll stop there. Hare Krishna.
2: That'll work, I think. Panjikal Potrubyaschakripa Sindhu Bia Bajavati nam Havanabyo Vaishnavyo Lamo Namaha. Um so many things to say. Um Prabhupada the power that he had, the decisive intelligence he exhibited. It really wasn't, in a sense, his. It came from Krishna. Because Prabhupada, what he really shows us is the power of discipleship. When I was writing this book on Srila Prabhupada's position, I happened to end up reading many, many issues of the Harmonist, Bhakti Siddhanta's magazine, and I got a sense of what the Gaudiya Mutt was like when it was healthy, expanding very quickly. Everybody working together. Their real thing was to go to the West. I mean, that 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 Prabhupada was told to do that was an order given to so many disciples, and it was really their goal. That in a very short amount of time, Bhakti Siddhanta had had. Temples all over India, with, with this incredible energy and enthusiasm. And their next step was to, well, in 1933, they, they they sent people to London, and that was their their crowning achievement that they'd been working for. And I saw what 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 before the the preachers left for England. They had a book with them, an English language book called Sri Krishna Taitanya, Volume One. There was supposed to be three volumes. This book was done, written by Nishikant Sanyal, which is Bhakti Siddhanta's right-hand man for English language uh, writing. He was a professor of English at Ravenshaw College in Kutak, and it was an English medium school, and um, got a hold of an original copy from a university library. Strada tracked it down. We got, I wanted to see what the original book was like. When I tried to get a copy of the Sri Krishna Tetanya book, uh, I, I got one, and but it had been reprinted and edited fairly recently. So I wanted the original, So we got one. And the first thing that impressed me was, first of all, it was impeccably edited. There wasn't a typo anywhere. And and very elevated English. That there was um, first-class paper. I mean, here was this is the original binding on this book. It was published in nineteen thirty-two, I guess, in in Madras. First-class printing, first-class binding, because they were making a presentation to the English intellectuals. It was aimed at a high audience. Uh, And the whole concerted effort of the whole Gaudium Maut was to get this book printed and then to send these preachers, three of them, to London.
3: Uh, And uh,
2: 1933 was not really the best year in the world's history. That was the year Hitler came to power in Germany and all hell was about to break loose. but that's the year they went there and they were preaching in London there was going to be a temple they had a big donation uh, for the temple from the of Chapura and then Bhakti Bhaktisiddhanta became very disappointed he recalled Ban Maharaj his main preacher wouldn't even see him very disappointed in him in fact Prabhupada somebody told me that Prabhupada referred to Ban Maharaj as Banasura <laughs> He was very upset with him. Uh, uh, And then, of course, Bhakti Siddhanta left this world and the Gaudiya Math fell apart. And when I saw what it was like when it was healthy and what they had done, I got a sense of the depth of Prabhupada's disappointment when the whole thing came crashing down and fragmented. And they're preaching and doing things, but they lost that unified, concerted effort to keep going. And then Prabhupada had the order, the first order he received from his spiritual master at their first meeting, and repeat, repeated in the last letter that he got, to to preach in the West. Preach in English, actually, which meant preach in the West. It was a well known order that every. And the amazing thing is that Prabhupada did it. It was given, he was. At one, one, one of his godbrothers once said to Bhavananda, He was never very important about Srila Prabhupada. You know, he was a householder, as he put it, a rotten householder. Uh, He was not regarded very highly, uh, but he did it. He he became the disciple. And everything he did in ISKCON is is actually very much modeled. The template is the Gaudiya monk. Uh, 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 and so when Prabhupada finally and he had to do it by himself when he went to the west he spent so much time on his own without any help producing three volumes of Bhagavatam to take with him and those pages you know the paper was cheap the binding falls apart full of typos. He was the only guy doing, and he edited. It. I mean, it was, but he did it all single-handedly with just this determination. And he told us the secret to take, the, make the order, the spiritual master your life and soul, and just do it. Uh, 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 and and that's what he did, as as the disciple. And as the disciple, he became empowered. Not because he became big, but became became very tiny. And Krishna consciousness is the opposite of the material world. Krishna consciousness the way up toward Krishna consciousness is the way down toward humility. And Prabhupada was always very humble. One time in New York City airport, um, Prabhupada was leaving and I think he was at the LaGuardia Airport. And so a bunch of us followed him. Because when he when he arriving, it was a state occasion, but when he left, it was more intimate and people liked it. So there was actually a big crowd came. We came to the departure gate. In those days, you could go, all, you know, no no security checks. And so Prabhupada was sitting in the chair, chair, and some devotees were sitting beside him on the chairs, and some on the floor, and uh, talking. But everybody wants to hear what the conversation is, so they're all crowded around, uh, and some are, are, are you know, standing, and some are sitting. And I was on the outside of the, the, the crowd. And uh, I could see, being on the outside, that, that there were other passengers on that airplane and they could never get into the departure gate because the devotees had filled it up. And there was a gate agent trying to get devotees' attention so the other passengers could come in and everybody was just blowing the guy off and looking at Srila Prabhupada, you know. So I tried I tried to do something, you know, to get people to move and they blew me off too. So finally, Rupanuga was standing there and he was GBC and yet sort of a command presence. So I told Rupanuga, "Look, there's a problem. These, you know, the other passengers can't get to the airport." So Rupanuga tried to get people to move, and they blew him off too. So finally, out of desperation, Rupanuga got up on the, one of these tables at the end of the row of chairs, you know, and stood on it. So he's above everybody. He puts his hands like this, and he says, "All devotees, leave the gate area at once." People are looking up in shock at him. And I could see the faces of the devotees, offended devotees that this was being done. And before anybody could do anything else, Prabhupada was getting up and walking out.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and Rupa Nuka said, he laughed. He said, not you, Sri <laughs> <laughs> Not you, Sri Prabhupada."
3: <laughs>
2: so... This is so. Once in a while, you see Prabhupada's. You know what he, what he's doing is like kind of just a simple devotee doing a simple devotee thing, but and endowed with an immense intelligence. We were just discussing the incident with the Radha Damanar party, and uh, when it came to head in Mayapur, and um, Trivikram Maharaj was Prabhupada's servant, and after he had done all this stuff and had sent Tamal to China. There was actually opposition to that decision led by Guru Kripa Swami and what was his? Uh, his uh, Shodananda. Yeah, Shodananda. Now, they were like outraged that the sannyasis were getting the shaft like this. And so they came to protest to Prabhupada. They, were, they had asked to see him and talk to him, and Prabhupada knew what was coming. And, and, and Srivakram Maharaj, Prabhupada's servant, says, So Prabhupada was expecting them, and he put was putting on his tea lock. And Srivakram said, his finger was shaking. He had a hard time putting on his tilak because his finger was shaking. I mean, it was just such a tense thing. You know, he saw that the, the movement in some ways was, was you know, hanging in the balance almost. A dissolution. Why do you say was his mantra, right? Your, so he said to the GB, your resolutions have created a revolution. Uh, re- revolution. Resolutions, revolution, no solution. Dissolution. So He saw the movement falling apart, and remember, he had watched the Gaudiya Mat fall apart. He had seen it. You know. So <laughs> his hand was shaking. Uh, so you should, you should. It was ne- never that that Prabhupada was not a human being, but that he followed the order of his spiritual master, and he had this incredible intelligence, which comes from Krishna, they gu- they guided him, told him what to do, because he was small, because he was the servant, because all he was doing was following the orders of Bhakti Siddhanta, Saraswati Thakur, And he did something, you know, coming to the West was like, who thought it would work? Who thought it would work? He was looking... Uh, 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 at the ships leaving back for India again, just in case. And so, when you say something that probably was a human, some people think they get upset. Well, no, he knew what was going to happen, but he was looking to see whether whether it was going to going to work out. For them. And, and and the people came, and suddenly there were disciples and devotees, people that that wouldn't uh, have been. Uh, considered uh, uh. Ban Maharaj was in uh, Canada in 1972. He was continuously going to the, to the West all the time. He would go to universities and deliver learned lectures to learned audiences. So they they, they were, he was doing something. He was doing some service. But they didn't uh, and, and if the people that came to Prabhupada, they would have put their noses up and in fact uh, one, one year in Mayapur it was late at night I was in a room with about eight other temple presidents in the long, the long building uh, and it was at night and and I had already was putting on a gumshot to go to sleep and there was a knock at the door and somebody said Srila Prabhupada wants to see you he Said he wants to see me yeah he wants to see you so I you didn't know what it was about I put a dhoti back on and went running over there the whole uh, lotus building well that was the only b- other building at the time uh, was, was dark except Prabhupada's light was on and I came in his room and offered obeisances he was behind his desk where he was, yours. and there was two or three I can't remember how many either two or three uh, sannyasis Indian Prabhupada's god brothers I can tell that's who they were sitting there and uh, so I offered obeisances and I said yes Sri Prabhupada brought me over the desk and then he says to me So what are you writing your doctoral dissertation on? I thought why do you want to know that? <laughs> you know, in the middle of the night. What are you <laughs> what are you writing your doctoral dissertation on? Well I had just written a proposal that that didn't get accepted, but I said I wanna I'm writing about the the, the, the Uh, historical, uh, social, psychological, spiritual, and economic uh, necessity of Krishna consciousness. (laughs) Prabhupada said, ah, all-around necessity. I said, yes, Srila Prabhupada. Very good. Thank you very much. (laughs) I offer my obeisances. I went out and I thought what was that
4: about
2: <laughs> and I got back to the room these guys are waiting for me to come what was that what did Prabhupada want to know I said this is what he asked me he said why did he ask you that you know? I only realized later that the story was going around that his god brothers were criticizing Prabhupada was the only the people he could make as devotees were drug addicted hippies and so Prabhupada called me in. You know, I guess the presupposition is you couldn't both be a graduate student writing a doctoral dissertation and the drug addicted hippies. Those were not really that exclusive. <laughs> 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 it, it, anyway, that that's that that was that was that was the criticism that was that that was laid against him. They were not. They would not have done what Prabhupada had done. He he had some in, intelligence that that was remarkable that that he could do that. So he had a way of saying things, and I, I, I mean, um, with 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 a presence of mind. The the thing that, that 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 really illustrates Prabhupada's presence of mind. Well, like one one time, uh, um, we were on a, in New Vrindavan. Morning, walk going on? Uh, and and uh, Bhaktiswarup was there, and other people from the Bhaktivedanta Institute was there, were there. And somehow or other, Prabhupada started talking about how actually everything is spirit. Everything is Krishna's energy, and everything is spirit. Uh, and 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 he he said. Just, just like this wood because of the trees everywhere, this wood is fire in another form the sunlight comes down the trees take it in they grow the wood so actually this wood uh, is fire in another form and if you take it and ignite it the fire will come back and the sunlight will come back out again he said so in the same way actually everything is spirit So uh, I got really confused by that, everything is spirit. And when when finally I had a chance, I I asked Prabhupada a question about my confusion. I said, Prabhupada, I'm spending my time, a lot of my trying, trying to understand the difference between matter and spirit, that I'm not this body, I'm a spirit soul, and both the mind and, uh, and the body are material, so I'm trying to understand the difference between matter and spirit. But now you're saying everything is spirit. So I'm confused. And his answer was, and it took me several years to, to comprehend that whole answer. His answer was, we are not Maya bodies. <laughs> and then he said, there are different kinds of spirit. This is the Savi-Sesha philosophy. Right? Uh, nothing is different from Krishna. Yet Krishna is different from everything. But anyway, that, thats what he said. We are not Maya bodies. There are different kinds of spirit. And, and I really thought about that for many, many years. I'm, I still think about it. You know. So in a very quick way, he could—he could do that another airport scene uh, where Prabhupada's presence of mind w- with a reporter he Prabhupada liked to goof on reporters you know, I mean he really had fun with them sometimes but he he was uh, he, he was he had just arrived, this was arrival in New York somewhere and the reporter said to him and he, that, that's when we had a big ceremony, you know, we would have a Vyasa sauna and RT and the Reporters were there. One reporter said, why have you come to the West? And Prabhupada said, I have come to give you a brain. (laughs) Now think about that. I mean, that's what ISKCON is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the brain. He (laughs) said, I've come to give you a brain. And then he explained how human society... Like a human body has head, arms, belly, and legs. Brahman, scoty, as vaisya, Sutras He said, "I've come to give you a brain." You have no, basically saying you have no brahmins. You have no brahmins. I've come to give you a brain. And then he sa- he said, he sort of a parenthetical remark. He said, "In your society, everyone is a shudra." and there are a few Vaishas. So you want to know how our society works? That we haven't seen real Kshatriyas. We haven't seen real Brahmanas. We have seen mostly Shujas with a few Vaishas. That's what's going on. And he saw it right, you know, just able to see it right away. So I was, like, really impressed with that answer. You know, it's another thing you can think about for years, just a little comment to reporters, I've come to give you a brain. Mm-hmm. So we, so then we were walking out, along uh, down the long concourse, uh, and I was, you know, 10 feet behind Srila Prabhupada uh, or so. He had a group of devotees right next to him. And then we see coming toward us a, a, a reporter who was obviously a television reporter late for the press conference and they was they're sort of trotting and the, the reporter was there and then a guy with a camera was behind him the cameras in those days were very big so you could see this huge camera on his shoulder and then all these wires swinging back and forth and they're kind of trying to hustle their way because they were late and, and so the reporter and the cameraman uh, stopped in front of Sheila Prabhupada and by the time I stopped, I was standing right next to Srila Prabhupada, uh, and uh, they're going through this thing. You know, the the the, the reporter is like fixing his hair, and patting it down, and the cameraman sorting out the microphones and stuff like that. And he he hands a microphone to to, to to the to the to the reporter, who then takes it and puts it in Prabhupada's face. And a little breathless, he says to him how does your group differ from other
4: Buddhists?
2: (laughs) And Prabhupada said, he was so cool, he said, we have nothing to do with this Hinduism or Buddhism. He said, we are teaching the truth. And if you are truthful, he says this to the camera, if you are truthful, you will accept it. The cameraman had his mouth open for his second prepared question, and it just stayed open. He was literally speechless. That was Prabhupada's answer, you know? We have nothing to do with this. I mean, what he did was he... The cameraman is a guy, okay, I'm the reporter, here's a guy, and maybe just put him in the right slot for everybody, so he knows what slot to put him in and how to think of these people and let's go home, you know. We've done our job. It's just automatic. And Prabhupada just completely destroyed the (laughs) mental platform on which the question was asked and spoke to him, to this spirit soul right there with his microphone. We have nothing to do with this Hinduism and Buddhism. If you are truthful, we are teaching the truth, and if you are truthful, you will accept it. That was Prabhupada.
1: I remember that, I think it was the same reporter, he, rushing down the hall, as I recall, and he, he asked, uh, uh, Swamiji, what will be the result of this chanting? And he was like, really trying to keep up with Prabhupada. But well, what will be the result of, of this chanting? Prabhupada said, chanting, chanting. The result of the chanting will be more chanting.
4: <laughs>
3: and um, yeah I'll sit up straight and <laughs> um, I think the most uh, time when Prabhupada made the biggest impression upon me uh, it was um, Gopanimba festival 1975 it was in Mayapur and a little bit before we had gone to the festival my husband had written and asked if we could get Radha Krishna deities for the Philadelphia temple we had my deity Lord Jagannath but I guess especially had this desire to worship Lord Jagannath in his threefold bending form. And Prabhupada had written back that um, we could get uh, Radha and Krishna. So I sort of foolishly thought, oh, we would just go to India and bring back Radha Krishna. And uh, I remember um, our GBC... Rupanuga said, well, you, you can't just worship Radha and Krishna. First you have to worship Tai." And we had already rejected um, the Thai who had uh, ended up in, B- in Baltimore, beautiful deities, uh, the idea we were going to worship Radha and Krishna. And then Bhadraj was there, and he said, well, you know, in the Gaudi many times, and what was also there in Mayapur was Radha and Krishna and Mahaprabhu. So then thought, well, we could have Radha, Krishna, and Mahaprabhu um, without the Nichananda. But we were told we couldn't do that either. So, um, you know, we ended up going over to Navadripa and all the other Radha... Um, all the other Gornitai deities had already gone to all the buses. We had, in fact, we brought them all back on the plane. So we got little Gournitai deities. That, you know, And it was clear that we weren't going to be bringing back Radhakrishna. So that Gorpanima day, Prabhupada, in part of his uh, Gorpanima lecture, I was sitting there right in the midst of all the devotees. Uh, he was saying how he had seen in Calcutta in a bookstore a picture of Radharani with her hair all down and everything. And uh, he said that people want to worship Radharani, they want to worship Radha and Krishna. But first they have to learn how to worship Krishna. And then he looked at all of us, and you know that feeling sometimes when something's directed right at you. Mm-hmm. He's looking at me, and he's like, "So you cannot worship Radha Krishna until first you worship Lord Chaitanya." And then he said, "And don't think that you can worship Lord Chaitanya without first worshiping Nityananda." <laughs> it's like it was like exactly where my mentality had been. And don't think that you can worship Nityananda until first you worship the six Goswamis. And don't think that you can worship the six Goswamis until first you follow the orders of the spiritual master. (laughs) I just felt really... um, I felt like Prabhupada just like personally kind of put me in my place. (laughs) But it was um, a feeling, you know, when you have a place, you know, it's like it wasn't... um, it was so merciful, um, you know because i I felt that he had put me in place and had made me a member of 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 his community, so that really um, made an impression upon me uh, and uh, on the auspicious occasion of his appearance day, I'm asking him for mercy so that I actually can begin to um, follow the orders of the spiritual master. So thank you very much. I'll take more of your time. <laughs> um, roy No, oh,
5: you have to
4: say something.
5: Krishna. Um, when I came to the movement in 1978 um, it had been because of getting some of Srila Prabhupada's books that were in uh, a university library in upstate New York where I was going so that credit goes to the library party um, and There was no mention in those book in the books in those days, that Prabhupada had departed. So, um, I came to the 55th Street Temple, thinking that Prabhupada would be present, uh, and it was explained to me how he had departed. Uh, But somehow or another, I didn't feel any... loss. Uh, It was explained to me, the principle of service and separation, and even in the fallen condition I was at the time, uh, it made perfect sense to me. So, um, my devotional life has been serving Srila Prabhupada's trying to serve Srila Prabhupada's order um, in separation. And sorry, I got here a little late. Uh, we did a nine-and-a-half-hour Harinam in the park yesterday on a Saturday. It was very glorious, uh, so I had to take a little nap in the car. Um, but hearing what I've heard, you know, about how we have to... wait Dwight March was saying, we don't want to be enjoyers of the ecstasy. We want to be servants of, of the instruction. Um... Very, very important. Um, I would personally like to see um, the same type of enthusiasm and um, organized together effort amongst devotees to push forward the fundamentals of Krishna consciousness, Harinam, book distribution, prasadam distribution, uh, beautiful temples, everything, farm communities. Um, so, um, and point that we have to be very, very small. Mitchell uh, Broplud was feeling. Revengers Trooper was remarking how, um, what how he didn't know that it would be successful. He was looking at the timetables for the ships to go back. Um, but he just blindly in a sense I followed my spiritual master blindly he just gave up everything and just completely uh, threw himself uh, to do whatever he could to fulfill the order of his spiritual master and Krishna took made everything happen and then when when things were starting to happen incrementally getting bigger and bigger and bigger Prabhupada He wasn't like, wow, what am I supposed to do now? He knew exactly how to keep going. All the intelligence um, was given, and just like a huge, expansive vision. Even on the boat, we're going to be celebrating soon in Boston. Uh, The first set of prayers, before actually seeing the Boston skyline, was glorifying his spiritual masters, that great saintly spiritual master who bestows intense devotion uh, to Krishna in various places in the world by his strong desire the holy name of Krishna uh, will spread all throughout this planet from the mountains to the seas and the streams and the hills everyone will chant the holy name of Krishna as the vast mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu conquers all directions a flood of transcendental ecstasy will certainly inundate the land when all the poor, fallen miserable living entities are made happy then the Vaishnava's desire is fulfilled so uh, I'm very much inspired, I've always been by Prabhupada's heroic determination and I think all of us uh, especially on this day and hence every day should uh, make a resolve to Uh, take this spirit and mood of his divine grace, Srila Prabhupada, deeply into our heart and do whatever we can to practically uh, implement it so that we can uh, together uh, fulfill the desires of Srila Prabhupada and Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Okay. Um... (laughs)
4: say a few words, and then if anybody else would just like to add something, and then maybe we conclude. maybe, such your you you could read one more memoir. you have another one that you could read at I think Kelly's a little bit of to move the one Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So, uh, it's 12.30, uh, we'll go 15 more minutes. I uh, think you can hear me at the, the end there. Um, just a uh, share realization and uh, is the power of Prabhupada's service. And uh, I think we saw at least four mm-hmm. prominent devotees pass away this year who did service for Prabhupada and how Prabhupada reciprocated with them. Um, of course, uh, uh, Karmarupa, you know, 10% sold out to Srila Prabhupada and found his service in taking care of the cows in Vrindavan and uh, just the realization in his heart, you know, to just come back to Vrindavan when he found he had stage 4 cancer and how gloriously he passed away, even people from all over Vrindavan were coming. And and so it's like that, and, uh, you know, uh, Ramananda Prabhu, you know, uh, I guess uh, he he gave himself to Prabhupada in various ways, took many risks, took a lot of responsibilities, and and somehow uh, how powerful Prophet Prabhupada remembers that, and then they were going to take him to Delhi, to the hospital, and then at that moment he just collapsed. And I think Gargamuni Prabhu made the point that, you know, when Prabhupada wanted to get out of the hospital, and it seemed to be almost like a humorous scene, you know, Brahmanand and Gargamuni with the wheels on the hospital bed, you know, running down the hall at <laughs> Prabhupada. And somehow Prabhupada was thankful. He said, you know, you saved me from the hospital, you know, I to reciprocate. And then that was Gargamuni's realization. <laughs> That Prabhupada came and saved him from the hospital and he was able to leave in Vrindavan. And uh, Surab Swami was gone for, you know, 30 years. But somehow or other, you know, he served Prabhupada to help build those temples and uh, after 30 years being away, then, uh, you know, the last day of his life he came to Vrindavan and passed away. So it seems that there's this incredible power of Prabhupada and his intimate association with uh, Krishna, that, uh, you know, personalism, you know, Prabhupada reciprocates. Prabhupada would say, I I love one of his purports, he says, you know, God doesn't have the defect of impersonality. (laughs) He reciprocates. And it's such a, 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 a faith builder. we'll talk more about Mother Kalini also. But, you know, we were concerned here. Even in my mind, I lived near her. And, you know, what if she dies here? It's not Vindavan, not Ghida Nagari. And then, then, then at the end, she was going to see her family. You know, and in my mind, I was thinking, oh, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. But, uh, you know... You know, Prabhupada just accepted her service and, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's all added in his book <laughs> and he's there and he, he, he brought her to the Gitanagari and, 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 and Sachi said he called her son and said, you know, everything went perfect. So uh, I guess above all, Prabhupada's a person and he reciprocates the service and love of his devotees. And, uh, and even if someone doesn't leave, I mean, you know, Krishna, whatever Krishna does is best, but we we, we have so much kind of evidence to give us inspiration that uh, that service that you do with, with your heart and your sacrifice and your dedication, you know, Prabhupada notes it, and he reciprocates because he's a person with that love, so... And it, it, it makes you to appreciate more, not only his disciples, but his grand disciples, and, you know, and the people who give themselves for the mission and for that service, and you know, how powerful it is. It, it, it's never lost. And uh, I just wanted to do not, almost like an exercise. Maybe if, if any of you could think of um, one-liners that Prabhupada mm-hmm. gave, any answers I'll I'll tell you why this came up because um, I was with Nayana Baram uh, two days ago Mm -hmm. your Bhartman Padarsha Guru and he came to visit me at the Bhakti Center I kind of found that something interesting too next to the Bhakti Center there's this appliance store called Gringers and the guy who runs it every day not every day but often he walks by the harinam and he gives a donation and that's all he does and, and when you walk to the bhakti center you look in and he's at his at, at his desk right? he gives a donation Gringer. but i found out from nayana Bharam that the first brahmachari ashram <laughs> was in that building above the Gringer's <laughs> store <laughs> you know and he corrected Satyaraj's book it wasn't it wasn't opulent oatmeal, it was heavenly porridge that they used to cook. <laughs> I, what? Yes. Yeah, so he was. He read the Swamiji book, no, that's wrong. A satra said, well, Brahmananda told me. I said, well, maybe, you know, you get old, your memory goes, but it's heavenly porridge. So they were there, and, and the same thing with the shopping carts, with the prasadam, they would bring it to 26th 2nd Avenue. So I thought, you know, Bhakti centers right next to the first ashram, and then somehow the guy that's in there is somehow he gives a donation every time. So he also told me like a, 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 he was just telling me about the early days, and he told me when he joined, a friend of his joined, who was a, a a militant lesbian, and she got initiated, and her name was Madhavalata. So she went to Prabhupada and said, you know, um, I can't worship. You know, I can't worship that man Krishna. The Prabhupada said Radharani's higher. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always that Prabhupada just seems to have like you know you know, the perfect answer to just always engage people. <laughs> Radharani's higher. I mean didn't even like you said, no mental play, you know. Mm. How do we engage this person? And then uh I also liked the one, I believe it was Tamal Krishnamar said to Prabhupada in enthusiasm, Prabhupada, you should be the king of the world. And Prabhupada said, you manage, I'll advise.
2: <laughs> I think it was Brahmananda. And I Brahman- heard of Brahmananda. Okay, okay, who said so that, yeah.
4: <laughs> you manage, I'll advise. Uh-huh. And I also like, I listened to one, um, one tape where Prabhupada was in a, um, you know, one of these, really heavy anti- atheist European countries, it may have been Sweden, and and uh, Prabhupada gave a heavy lecture about Von Ashram, about we need, you know, like Brahmins, first class men, first mm-hmm. class men, we need first class men, first class men. So a guy stood up in the audience and raised his hand, he said, Swamiji, you said, you, you, you said, you know, there's four classes, and you know your your first class. You know you 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 know we need first class men. What class are you? Prabhupada said, "I'm fifth class. I serve the other four classes." <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was Sweden,
4: I think. That was Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Prabhupada always had a way of uh, like that decisive intelligence <laughs> to give the uh, the uh, and you know just we have a, just a few more minutes because I do want to honor that we do have to keep that schedule, but. Uh, any of you remember any one line of my Prabhupada you'd share?
1: Another one. So yeah. When he was in the hospital, yeah. the nurse asked him, Do you belong to that caste, the, the highest caste? What Prabhupada said, Krishna conscious.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's your do You remember any? No. Okay. Um, okay, to honor, because we do have to keep the schedule going. It's okay. I think we have a few more minutes. Do you have one more? No. Okay. Then we'll 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 end it. Sri Loparapad Key.